Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I am presenting a series of programs on the subject of tongues, and this program is a continuation of the previous broadcast. Now, in the previous broadcast, I was speaking about the definition of tongues. I was explaining in detail that the gift of tongues is most certainly a known language, that there is no question, as described in Acts chapter 2, that the gift of tongues is a known language. Now, as I was explaining in the previous broadcast, this manifestation or this gift that was presented was presented for the purpose of validating the reality that the Holy Spirit was given to humanity, that the Holy Spirit was given to the believers in the Lord Jesus as the Messiah, and the giving of the Holy Spirit was effectively the restoration of the life of God that had been lost in Adam, and so it was in this point in history that people were actually saved. It was at this point that people were born again of the Spirit of God and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of tongues, or the gift of languages, was manifested as a means of validating it, and as we read in Acts chapter 2, there is absolutely no question that these languages were known. Consider Acts chapter 2, verse 6, And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were not confused because they didn't understand what was being said. They were confused because they didn't understand why they could understand what was being said. This was a miracle of God for the purpose of validating what had occurred. We can read this again in verse 8. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 8. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Absolutely no question that these are known languages that are being spoken or effectively are being heard. From the hearer's perspective, it is as if the speaker was speaking his languages, but the speaker was speaking in their own language. It was a miraculous translation that was occurring between the two parties. In verse 10, it says, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. These were people who were there in Jerusalem, and these were some of the languages that they knew from their geographical locations from where they came from, and they were definitely both Jews and Gentiles, the Gentiles who had converted to Judaism and were identified as proselytes. This was a very important point in the history of the church, and the gift of languages was given as a means of validating this very important critical event. Now, it's very important to see that what was taking place was clear communication. That's what's important to see. Because while I have explained this event in this context, in the context of clear communication where there is no confusion about what is being communicated, I have explained it in this way, but there are many people in Christianity today who do not see it that way. There are many people in Christianity who identify themselves as Christians who do not see this in the scriptures, who do not see this in Acts chapter 2. 
Many people consider this event to be an event of speaking in an unknown way, in an unknown language, and that the people who were speaking did not really know that they were communicating in a way that others could understand. This is based on the premise that many people have about this gift. You see, most people in Christianity who believe in the doctrine of tongues, or at least in the way that it's normally presented, most people who believe this believe that they will speak in a language that they do not understand to the extent where they don't even understand what they are saying, and that the hearers will hear in a language that perhaps they can understand. That's the predominant belief, that's the predominant teaching that exists today that it is not necessarily a language that is understood by the speaker, that the speaker may have no idea what they are really saying. Now, this is a very new doctrine. This is a very new teaching. It's only been around since the 19th century, as far as we know in historical records, with the exception of some other possibilities. But in general, this is a very new teaching. And many people who believe this teaching don't have any idea that it is a relatively new doctrine in that context, that it's not something that has been in the church for a long period of time. Now, this does not mean, of course, that that is the justification for saying that what people believe is invalid. I'm certainly willing to recognize that. All I am wanting to say is that in Acts chapter 2, we have a clear absolute understanding of what is being said here just by reading it, and that is that no one was confused about what was being said or what was being heard. And yet many people who believe in the modern expression or the modern concept of tongues, as I am describing, do not see that in Acts chapter 2. Many people are describing their personal experiences as being similar to or the same as what is described in Acts chapter 2, whereas in reality it just isn't the same. Now that doesn't mean that what they believe is not true. I am only wanting to assert the important understanding that what people are saying is in Acts chapter 2 is not in Acts chapter 2, not in these passages here. Many people sincerely believe that when they speak in an unknown language to themselves, that other people hear it, that this is the same thing that is being described here in Acts chapter 2, and yet it simply is not. What we have in Acts chapter 2 is clear communication being conveyed by everybody. There is no question about what is being said. There is no question about what is being heard. But what we see in this modern expression of tongues is something that's very different. What we see is many people speaking in a language that they do not know, if it is truly a language at all. And there are some people who have testified that they understood what was being said, but there is some question as to whether that's valid also in many cases. There is some question about that. There is some uncertainty. But the point is, is that there is definitely some confusion, without question. There is definitely some confusion that exists in what is considered to be the Pentecostal movement or the charismatic movement that really is quite new. It only began in the 19th century, really. That is what we have. And you can look this up in any standard encyclopedia for the history of Pentecostalism and see that this is still a very new movement. It is a very new understanding of what is being described here in the scriptures, that it doesn't really have a whole lot of history to it. But because people have been born into this religious persuasion, because people have been a part of it for generations, their families have been a part of it for many, many years, a hundred years or more. Because of that, many people assume that it has always been that way. 
But what I really want to convey is that this is a relatively new movement. It was a really big deal when this got started in Christianity. There were a lot of conflicts that occurred as a result of this new doctrine that was being presented. Many pastors were removed from their pulpits because they started to either believe it or they were not willing to believe it, and yet many of their congregational members wanted to believe it, and so there were a lot of changes that happened in many churches. Pastors and ministers were removed from their pulpits. Parishioners were kicked out of their congregations when they started to believe these kinds of things. There was a radical upheaval that took place as a result of this persuasion and as a result of this doctrine being spread throughout Christianity. But again, the premise of the doctrine was very unusual. It was not based on clear communication, not based on that at all. It was based on an experience that was taking place that people were assuming or sincerely believing that was a direct act of God in their lives. They were assuming because they were experiencing, perhaps in truth, a very spiritual experience They were assuming that it was of God, and yet it may not have been. It may not have been the case. But the most important thing that I want you to see at this moment is that what we have described in Acts chapter 2 is not what we see in the modern expression of tongues. And so while many people refer to Acts chapter 2 in an attempt to validate what they believe, I personally do not see it here at all. I do not see that expression of tongues described here in Acts chapter 2 at all. And because of that, I have hesitation. I have uncertainty as to whether or not what they are experiencing is even valid. When they suggest that a passage is validating something that it certainly does not, I do have questions about the validity of this particular doctrine. It may be of God. I am willing to give that possibility. However, I would not refer to Acts chapter 2 to consider this to be a means of validating it. Because here, what I see is the moment in history when salvation came upon the people of God so that people were born again, became children of God, and here, clear communication was taking place between the Jew and the Gentile so that they could become unified in their lives, they could become unified in the Messiah, they could be unified on the basis of clear communication of the doctrines that were being presented initially in the early church. And what we see today is something that's very different. And so while it may be of God, I certainly would not want to refer to these scripture passages here in Acts chapter 2 to validate it, because I see that there is significant, very significant differences between the two persuasions, what I've just described and what many other people are trying to describe. Now, the question that often comes up when discussing this subject is, is the gift of tongues for today or is it not for today? Did they actually cease in the history of the church to the extent where we would never see this gift manifested again? I personally do not engage in this type of argument because what people are asking is, is the gift for today or is it not for today? And if it is for today, then that means that all of the people who suggest that they have the gift, then that is the gift of tongues that people are expecting to see that they believe is truly of God. That's what's normally argued. That's what people are normally trying to debate. Now, I personally do not engage in this debate because I'm going to ask a different question. My question is not, is the gift for today or is it not for today? My question is, what is it really? What is the gift of tongues? 
And as I see established here in Acts chapter 2, the gift of tongues, or more specifically the gift of languages, is a gift that is given by the Holy Spirit of God to enable clear communication between one person and another or several others. It is to allow for the clear communication of the truth of our God so that there is no confusion whatsoever about what is being said and what is being heard. That is what I see as being the gift of tongues, and what is being presented within most of the congregations that say that they believed in the gift of tongues. What is presented by them has nothing to do with what is described here in Acts chapter 2. What is being presented is total confusion. It is total uncertainty. There is no clear communication that is taking place between the speakers and the hearers. It is not the same thing. And so I certainly believe, my conclusion is, I certainly believe that the gift of languages or the gift of tongues can exist today. That the Lord our God can certainly manifest this gift today just as he did back then. But my contention is, or my argument is, that what we see today does not correspond with what we have in Acts chapter 2. And because of that, I am unwilling to accept what is generally expressed as the gift of tongues as being valid. If it is valid, then I will consider it being possibly valid, but not on the basis of Acts chapter 2. We will have to look elsewhere to see what passages and scriptures may validate it, to give it some credence, to suggest that it is perhaps of God. But I certainly would absolutely not use Acts chapter 2. You see, if you try to use Acts chapter 2, then in effect you're going to take away from what I believe is the most important part of Acts chapter 2, and that is that there was clear communication taking place, that there was a unification that was occurring. That, to me, is the most important aspect of Acts chapter 2, beyond, of course, the restoration of the spirit of life that had been lost in Adam, the restoration of the Holy Spirit. Beyond that, of course, what we have is a very important miracle that is occurring. And if we try to impute what is popularly expressed as the gift of tongues into this, then we will take away from the depth and from the importance of what is being conveyed here in Acts chapter 2. And so it is necessary to consider other passages if we are going to consider this doctrine to be valid for today in the sense of how people are describing it. I certainly believe that the gift of tongues can be for today. I certainly believe that. And I have heard many reports of what I see in Acts chapter 2 taking place today in many parts in the world. I hear many reports and have many examples of this certainly happening even to this day. And so for that reason alone, I personally believe that the gift of languages is for today. The only argument is, what is the gift really? That is where the argument lies. Now when considering this argument, it can very quickly become an argument. Because if it's not of God, then what is it? What is it really? Well, I personally believe that there are three possibilities. If it is not of God, then there are three other alternatives. The first possibility is that this gift or this manifestation is out of the flesh. It is just simply something that is self-generated from within a person and that it is not generated or experienced by the presence of the Holy Spirit at all. It is simply something that is done out of the energy of the flesh. And I have examples of this being very real. I have gone to Christian bookstores and I have looked in books that talk about how to experience the gift of tongues. 
and many of them suggest procedures or things that people can do in order to try and build this gift or have this gift expressed from within them. I have witnessed coaches, people who have told people how to speak in tongues through various methods, some of them I would consider to be very bizarre. And so in that way, I also sincerely believe that one possibility is that this is simply done out of the energy of a person's flesh, that they are effectively faking it that they are just babbling or speaking things that simply are not inspired by God at all or by any spirit whatsoever. I certainly believe that that can be the case, and I have seen examples that confirms to me that this can be done out of the energy of the flesh. The second possibility is very close to it, and that is what I refer to as a group psychosis. If you have a lot of people all assembled together in what we call a worship service where there is an awful lot of religious activity, it's very easy for people to become caught up in the moment, caught up in the events that are happening, to be kind of caught up in the frenzy of things and in the great emotionalism of the experience that they are having, they may decide to express themselves in some involuntary way to just sort of give themselves over to the frenzy or whatever is taking place in the experience of what others are doing around them. And in that way, through what I refer to as a group psychosis, they may begin to speak in a babbling way uncontrollably to themselves. And that would be a little bit beyond just the energy of the flesh. That would be somewhat of a group activity that through the experience and being caught up in what is happening, it would become what I refer to as a group psychosis. That certainly is a possibility. And then the third possibility is that it is not done of the Spirit of God, but it is actually done of the Spirit of the devil. This is a possibility. You have to consider it as being a possibility. Even if you believe that the gift of tongues, as we see it being described today in a very popular way, even if you believe that that is of God, you should at least be willing to consider the possibility that Satan could present a counterfeit of that gift of God. You should at least consider the possibility and acknowledge that it could possibly occur. I sincerely believe that it can occur, and in fact, I have personally witnessed an experience that suggests to me that it can be satanic. Let me give you an example. There was a small congregation that I was visiting many years ago. It was a small congregation in a small farming community, and I was there just investigating and observing what was happening in order to gain some cultural experience, personal experience, with regards to what many of these congregations do and believe and how they live and how they experience their worship with their God. When I was there, they decided to have a time of prayer where they would call on the congregation and ask if there were any who had a request for prayer. And then they called upon the congregation and asked if anyone would be willing to volunteer to pray for these people. And sure enough, there was an elderly lady that I remember very vividly who did have a request for prayer, that she definitely had some ailments and some physical challenges that she wanted prayer for. That was something that she sincerely wanted to experience. And so she went up to the main stage, to the to the upper level where the ministers would normally speak from, and there was another younger lady who came up to pray on her behalf, to pray for her. And she proceeded to pray for her. And she proceeded to pray for her in what we would refer to as tongues. She began to speak in this language that apparently she did not know, that no one else apparently know. And certainly, as far as I could tell, the lady who she was praying for had no idea what was being said either. 
But what was very unique to me is that I understood what this lady was saying. She was speaking in Hebrew, and while my vocabulary was relatively weak, I did understand enough in order to write a few things down and then go back and check to make sure what I was hearing, because there was some uncertainty that I had at that time, and so I was very careful to try to take notes and and then go back and try to make sure what I was hearing, because what I was hearing was very unsettling. The lady who was praying apparently thought that she was praying a blessing upon this other lady who definitely felt that she needed prayer. But this was no blessing at all. This was a curse. This was a violent, horrible curse that was being expressed through the lips of this person who thought that they were praying a language of God, praying in this gift of tongues for the healing of this other person. They believed that they were praying a blessing upon this person by the very power of the Holy Spirit, and yet I personally witness and will testify that this was not of God at all. This was definitely a curse of the devil. That is what I experienced, and when I testify of this amazingly to people who sincerely believe in the modern expression of tongues, that this language gift does not have to be something that anybody understands, There are many people that I have witnessed this event of and to, and yet they are unwilling to accept the possibility that it was satanic. They are completely unwilling to accept even the possibility that it was satanic. And I find that to be so amazing, so very interesting, that many people who sincerely want to believe in this teaching, who want to sincerely believe in this doctrine, are unwilling to suggest that it could be satanic in nature. I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying that it is in all cases. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that I have an example where it was definitely satanic without question, that I have an example of that, and you should at least consider the possibility, if you do believe differently than I do, than I have described, you should at least consider the possibility or acknowledge the possibility that the event or the manifestation is not of God. It is perfectly reasonable if you consider that perfectly reasonable. And so that's what I believe about the three different possibilities is that it could just simply be an exercise of the flesh, it could be the result of a group psychosis, or it could actually be a spiritual experience, but not of the Spirit of God. And so again, I'd like to summarize by saying that this is definitely a gift that I believe exists to this day, and that I have other examples that show that this is certainly the case. That is not the argument. The argument has to do with what really is it. Is it a clear language? Is it a language such that there would be no confusion between anyone speaking or hearing? Or is it a language that is unknown? And if I was to refer to Acts chapter 2 as being the premise by which we consider the gift of tongues or the gift of languages, it is clear to me that what we see in the modern expression of tongues in the church today has absolutely nothing to do with what is being described in the scriptures. But that's just if I look at Acts chapter 2. There are other passages in the scriptures that we do need to consider that many people turn to. And so I will be doing that in the next broadcast. I will definitely proceed with this subject and consider other possibilities in scriptures to see what they had to say because perhaps there may be some support for what people describe in the modern expression of tongues today. I am willing to consider that, but I am going to have to go through these passages one at a time and look at the passages in context on the basis of what is being described to see just what is being said here in order to try and find a passage in scriptures that does validate what is modernly expressed as the gift of tongues. 
Many people really do look at their experiences as being very important in their life. And I can certainly appreciate that. I do look at the experiences that I have had in my life, and I consider them to be very important. And I have learned many things as a result of the things that I have experienced. However, there is great risk in doing this, and a very big concern that I have, especially when it comes to the scriptures and our relationship with our God, because our God has clearly conveyed to us that we are not to look at our experiences as the means by which we establish truth. And in most cases, that's what people are doing when it comes to the subject of tongues. Most people are saying, "Well, I have experienced it; it has been very real to me, and so because of that, it is or has to be of God, because I cannot consider the possibility that it was of Satan who managed to find a way to influence me in a way that I personally find to be unacceptable." That's the position that many people take, and I understand that. I fully appreciate that. I personally would be very concerned and very hesitant to suggest that I have been influenced by the unholy spirit. But when you consider influences that he does have on us on a regular basis, putting things into our mind, giving us things to think about that we would rather not think about, we know that those are darts, that those are arrows that our enemy throws at us as a means of trying to hurt us, as a means of trying to distract us from the true relationship that we have with our God. We know that that is a struggle. We know that that is part of the warfare that we are engaged in. To suggest that the unholy spirit might find a way to overcome. Overcome us physically to the extent where we would be speaking in a way or in a manner that we do not truly understand is very provocative and can lead a person to a great deal of concern when they consider the possibility that they may have turned themselves over to be controlled by a demonic spirit. I can certainly appreciate the concern with regards to that and would not want to encourage anyone to do that if that is the possibility. But I sincerely believe that this is a distinct possibility and something that we should be concerned about. Our Lord gave us a very distinct law in Deuteronomy. This was in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10, with regards to interpreting omens. That word actually means to establish truth on the basis of an experience. That's what that word means. And He put this sin in combination with witchcraft and passing your son or daughter through the fire. He considers this to be very important and very critical that we do not establish truth on the basis of an experience, but only according to the Word of God, the testimony that we have in the Scriptures. And so we must start from the premise of what is described in the Scriptures, not start with the premise of an experience and then try to find Scriptures to justify it. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, PO Box three eight three five three, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Eight zero nine three seven, or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net. That is livinggodministries.net.